Welcome to the Disrupting Obesity Podcast. I'm Charlotte Skeins, and I'll be sharing ways to regain control over your body and lose an extreme amount of weight naturally. Being fat is about so much more than just the food. It's about your relationship with food. That means that dealing with your weight is about more than just the food too. You have to change that relationship. You have to start disrupting obesity. You're going to have weeks where you gain weight. Everybody does. I've talked to hundreds of people about this. People who've lost all their weight, people who are still losing their weight, people who lost it and gained it back and lost it again. Every single one of them had weeks where they saw the scale move in the wrong direction. And we really need to normalize this. When you're losing a lot of weight, no matter how you do it, you're going to have weeks where you gain. Probably several to lots of them. We need to spend more time talking about this so people know what to expect, sure. But even more, we need to talk about it so you'll stop beating yourself up when you gain. Beating yourself up isn't going to help. I know it can be so deeply ingrained that you hardly even notice that you're doing it, but please start paying attention to the way you're talking about yourself to yourself. We've all been conditioned and cajoled into believing that negatives are somehow motivating when it comes to weight loss, but they're not. You don't need to be broken down so you can build yourself back up. You don't need to feel worse about yourself so you can start feeling better. You don't need to feel worse about yourself so you can start feeling better. I know weight loss is all about losing weight. It's right there in the name. But part of weight loss is gaining weight. And we've got to talk about it because weight loss doesn't happen in a straight line. And we're really doing a disservice to each other when we only talk about the parts of it we like or make generalizations about it. Let's get specific. Let's talk about the scary stuff, the stuff that hurts and the stuff that makes you want to give up. Let's dive into it because when you name the elephant, when you take whatever it is that you're afraid of, grab it by the ankles and pull it out into the light, you take away a lot of its power. It's devastating to gain weight back, even if it's just a pound. When you feel like you're doing everything you can do to get the weight off and somehow you end up gaining, it's horrible, horrible. Nobody likes it. And I'm not saying that you should. I'm saying that the best way to arm yourself against that devastation is to know that it's coming, to know that gaining is part of losing and go into this with a mindset that's ready to help you stay focused and motivated even when the scale isn't cooperating. Being blindsided sucks. That's why I talk about a lot of the stuff I talk about. I want you to know what's coming, what to expect. And no, not everything is universal. Weight loss is very individual. I totally agree. This is universal though. I can say with 100% certainty that if you're setting out to lose a significant amount of weight, you are definitely, for sure, for sure, going to have weeks where you gain weight back. It's inevitable. I hate absolutes and I make a point to avoid using them. I don't say never or always unless I really mean it because there are exceptions all the time to all kinds of things. And I feel like absolute language closes doors instead of opening them. So I avoid it as much as I can. Not with this one. This is universal. Everybody, every time, always, no one doesn't gain weight. We can be absolute all day. You're never going to find someone who lost a lot of weight and didn't have weeks where they gain weight back. I'm super confident on this. 
And I think accepting it is a big way to take away some of its power too, because it's crushing to gain weight when you're trying that hard. But when you know with absolute certainty that you are 100% going to gain weight at least several times over the course of the year or two you spend losing your weight, if you can accept that part of the process, you're not going to feel like a failure. Because if gaining weight is part of the process of losing weight and you've gained weight that week, you've been successful at the process of weight loss. And I know the objections you can throw up to this kind of thinking, but I'm asking you not to for the sake of your overall weight loss journey and the mindset you're going to need. So choose to buy into my, at the very least, semi-circular logic. You've got to be able to keep yourself going, no matter what gets thrown at you. And there are going to be surprises. Life throws shit at us that we're not expecting all the time. I just lost four weeks of my life to illness and almost dying again and two surgeries. I had no idea it was coming. None. I felt fine and things were going great. We were really starting to gain some traction over here with the podcast. My social is banging along and boom, I'm flat on my back for four weeks and I'm watching the traction slipping through my fingers, but I'm just way too sick to care. You're going to have surprises to deal with. Getting on the scale one morning and seeing that you've gained weight isn't going to be one of them. So I want to say one part of that again because it's so important. You haven't failed if you gain weight one week because gaining weight is part of the process of losing weight. I had weeks while I was losing the 200 where I gained. I had lots of weeks where I didn't lose anything either. But once it was off, I stayed stable for almost a decade. And then I gained back more than 100 pounds. Now that happened over the course of a couple of years, about the same amount of time it took me to lose 200 pounds actually, which is faster than I'd thought until I was doing the research for this episode. I'd thought it took me nearly four years to gain the weight back. No, two years, just two, about 120 pounds. This is a tough one for me too, but we are talking about things we don't tend to talk about. So here we go. I gained back more than half of my initial weight loss in the same amount of time it took me to lose just over 200 pounds because I lost three pregnancies in two years and basically just said, fuck it. Like I actually made a conscious choice to eat whatever I wanted, however much I wanted, and my weight be damned. I'd lost 200 pounds before. I knew how to lose weight and I would just lose it again. The pain was so big that the only thing I knew how to fill it with was food and I didn't care. I can remember the conversation I had with myself after we lost our third. Like it's one of those snapshots that gets frozen in your mind. I was standing in the bathroom doorway of our apartment and I can see the whole thing. Like I'm looking out of my own eyes in that moment and I just did not care. All I wanted to do was eat. So I did, knowing full well that I was going to gain weight, probably lots of it. Our first miscarriage was really early. Like we hadn't even told anybody and we hadn't known for very long. Our second was an ectopic and it was early too, like miraculously caught so early, early five weeks, which is a little bit insane. And I've got one of my absolute favorite full circle moments of my entire life with this one. The ultrasound tech who caught the ectopic was named Giselle. And I can still remember her face and her hair very specifically, actually. What's crazy about this whole thing is that when I was sick, my big sick, I was transferred out of the city hospital to the one in my hometown for the last month or so of my time in hospital. And while I was there, I needed ultrasounds. 
Well, one day I was moved down to that department and my tech was Giselle. And she had a college student with her doing like an internship thing. And that student was Giselle's daughter. I think her name was Brittany. So she was there when I got to thank her mother for catching that ectopic so early, which saved both of my fallopian tubes and gave me my three beautiful sons. Yeah. So it was a little bit emotional for everybody. And I was already a total basket case. Um, and I was somebody whose emotions were pretty close to the surface already before I got sick. Um, but I'm so grateful that the universe gave me that moment. I was raised with really, really good manners, but the whole almost dying thing has pushed gratitude into just a whole other level for me. And expressing it to people, even though it's awkward and sometimes it makes people uncomfortable, and I'm in that category too, but expressing how grateful I am to someone has become a huge part of who I am. And I want to be in a grateful state of mind as much as the time as I possibly can, even when it feels like the last thing I should be doing, especially when it feels like the last thing I should be doing. I got a lot of practice at being grateful in the hospital, but this thing with Giselle, I, that's, I, I bore children in large part because of something this woman did, because she's exceptional at what she does. And I was fortunate enough to be put on her table and not someone else's that day, both days. Because getting to thank her especially to thank her in front of her daughter who was there to learn how to do the same incredible career as her mother and she was almost done her schooling getting to do that was a tremendous gift so i'm i'm grateful for all of it and i know i sound like a giant cornball and i don't give a single shit i think it's cool to be grateful <laughs> and corny for that matter i'm definitely a whole lot happier the more grateful i am the happier i feel that's what I do know, and I'm very sure about it. Our third loss was at almost four months. We were away on a beach vacation with our closest friends who we've been with since we were kids. Um, and it was too horrible for me to talk about. I, I just don't think I can, and that's okay. But when we got home from that, I started to eat. And I had my moment in the bathroom doorway, and I decided to turn to another one of my closest friends since I was a kid and just eat. On our way home from the airport, by way of the hospital, we went to the local sub shop. I got two sandwiches and a cheese-based soup. I think I also got a cookie. And we pulled out the couch in our living room, and I didn't leave that bed for two weeks because I couldn't face getting into our actual bed. It was just a thing for me, I guess. So I laid there, and I ate at least a dozen more of those subs. All of them had extra cheese. And I watched TV, and I ate. And it was during those two weeks that I had that conversation with myself about deciding to say fuck it. So it's super painful, but I feel like there's a there's a beautiful balance there that I really love. We lost three and then we had three. And I, I don't know, that just feels balanced in some way. And then by the end of it, I was back up over 250 pounds. And then I got sick, crazy sick. Like the first time I almost died sick. If you missed it, I talk about that pretty openly in episode 21, which is called Safety Nets and Zebras. But it wasn't great being more than 100 pounds overweight when I got critically ill. It was a super bad idea, and I really, really don't recommend it. I thought I had more time. I was only 37. I didn't take any medications or have any health issues. And I was under the care of a doctor and midwives, right? And remember, too, I was only 34. 
when I had our first son. So in the span of exactly 36 months, I spent more than 30 of them under the care of doctors and midwives. And that's like more than three quarters of the time. So I was confident that I had more time. I didn't. But I didn't know that when I decided it was okay if I gained my weight back. And I really don't think I'm the only one who's had that conversation with themselves. We make those deals, right? I'll get the weight off just as soon as I get through Thanksgiving. I'll do it right after I finish helping plan the wedding. As soon as we get back from vacation, once I've found a new job, once I get out of this little depression, after the grief is less raw, we make arbitrary deadlines and we barter. But there's always something else coming. There's always going to be something else to distract you and discourage you from doing the work to lose the weight. And I'm very definitely aware of my absolute usage here. There's always going to be something else. Another excuse, another reason, another mini disaster, another actual catastrophe. There's going to be something. It's not about willpower. It's about deciding. It's about acknowledging that you know there's always going to be something, but you're choosing to deal with this weight shit because you know that everything else will be at least a little bit easier if you're not beating yourself up about your weight all the time. If you're not worrying about getting the weight off while you're dealing with whatever just got thrown at you, you choose. And I know it sounds like an oversimplification, and it is, and it isn't. Even when you're not actively choosing, you're making a choice. Every day that you don't directly address your obesity, you're making a choice about your obesity. And that's shitty to hear, and I'm sorry, but it's true. If you're not actively doing something about your obesity, you're making the choice to not deal with your obesity. It's still a choice. Obesity isn't just happening to you. You're participating. The mistake so many of us make with this next part is that we think we need to be doing something big to be doing something, and you don't. The second you decide you're going to do something about it and you start making small incremental changes to what you're eating, you are actively doing something about your obesity, no matter how small those changes are. You don't need to overhaul everything you're eating. You need to start taking control, but it's not all or nothing. You don't have to wake up one Monday morning and all of a sudden start eating all new foods in all new ways. You don't have to cut massive amounts of calories out of your diet. I'm actually very strongly urging you to not do those things. If you're used to taking in 6,000 calories a day, dropping to 5,800 is a huge step. And don't listen to anybody who tells you that it isn't. It's a massive deal because of the mindset piece, because of the fact that you're starting to take control, even if it's only in little ways. You're doing something about your obesity. You're an active participant in what's happening with your weight. And when that's a new experience, it's a massive win. And somebody who's never dealt with extreme weight loss really isn't going to get that. Before I sign off this week, I wanted to just give everybody a little update at the tail end here and kind of let you know where I've been for the last month. Um, some of you know that I have been dealing with some health issues here. I had two surgeries in four weeks. They both went very well. And I'm just hoping to learn a whole bunch about my kidneys and start moving forward again. But I'm so grateful to all of you who reached out, even if it was just to ask me when the next podcast episode was coming, because it was so encouraging. 
Uh, and I'm very grateful to all of you. And starting today, social media will be back in full swing and all of your usual posts will be back up. So uh, in the meantime, keep tracking, keep trying, don't be intimidated and don't give up. You've totally got this. Thank you for listening to Disrupting Obesity with Charlotte Skeynes. If you know it's time to take back control, lose the weight and keep it off, reach out to me privately with a direct message on Instagram that says ready so you can start disrupting obesity. 